Welcome to Scuba Shack Radio, episode 29, recorded Sunday, March 29th, 2020. Scuba Shack Radio is a bi-weekly podcast in support of our mission to empower individuals with knowledge, ability, and experience to venture underwater in pursuit of their aspirations and to advocate for ocean health and sustainability. again, everyone, and I appreciate you tuning in to Scuba Shack Radio. I'm your host, Jeff Cintrapino. As we continue to be besieged by the COVID-19 pandemic, we are adjusting our lifestyles and are focused right now on health and safety. Our dive shop is closed by the order of the governor here in Connecticut, and we're committed to doing our part to slow the spreading. We continue to stay connected to our family, friends, and dive community through our incredible technology. Can you imagine what this would have been like 25 years ago? As such, I can keep coming to you and talk about various topics. And today we're going to cover dive lights, the plastic redesign initiative, and the latest segment of your next dive, I'll take you to Turks and Caicos, where we'll dive with Dive Provo. So here we go. In my last bi-weekly poll on Scuba Shack Radio Facebook page, I asked the question whether you'd rather do a wall dive or a night dive. Well, 52% chose a night dive. Some people wanted to vote for a night dive on a wall. Well, one thing's for sure, if you're going to do a night dive, you'll need a good, reliable dive light. So I want to talk about dive lights in particular, what I like. Today, the primary dive lights for recreational diving are LED, and they're fairly small. I won't be talking about the higher-end can lights, those lights with the large battery strapped to your waist belt, i.e. the can, which are used for those longer burn times and higher lumens for cave and wreck penetration. Now, for many years, I really didn't enjoy night diving, and I think one of the main reasons was because I didn't have a good dive light. That all changed for me when I got my light in motion Sola light. Several years ago, I purchased the Sola 800 SF light. The SF stands for flood and spot. It has a 60-degree flood beam and that'll get you to the 800 lumens, and the 12-degree spot gets you to about 500 lumens. Now, out of the box, you get this hand mount, and that works really fine for me. It gives your hand-free operation so you can manipulate your camera or your gear and not having to uh, hold the light in your hand. It is rechargeable, and there's some debate on whether rechargeable or battery is better. I like the recharge, 
but you need to make sure that you uh, actually get it recharged before you go out there. It takes about two and a half hours uh, of recharge time. Now, the burn time on the, the uh, Sola 800 at 800 lumens in the flood position is about 70 minutes. And it has three different brightnesses that you can toggle between. It's got a quarter power, a half power, and full power. The toggle is just on the top, and it slides. You can just move it. It's very easy to operate. And one of the things you can do is also lock the top of it so that you're not inadvertently turning the, uh, the light on. Now, the Sola 800 SF is the entry level of the Sola line, and it retails right now for about $230. It's a bit more than some of the other dive lights out there, but in my estimation, it's a great investment. The Sola line also includes a 1200 spot, a 1200 SF, a 2000 spot, a 2000 SF, and a 2500 SF. You guessed it, the higher the lumens, the higher the price. I also have a light in motion handheld Gobi 500 spot, and I use that as my backup. Again, it's a rechargeable light, and it's a nice small handheld, and it runs at about $100. Now, there are a lot of other options out there, and we have them at the shop. Uh, we carry a line from XS Scuba. There's the LT100 dive light. Uh, there's also the LT350 and 360 micro USB dive lights that we carry. We also have lights from Underwater Kinetics, and one of the ones that people like is a very affordable UK SL3. Now, Donna has a UK Mini Q40 MK2 that she likes. So in, in addition to the Solo and the XS Scuba and the UK uh, dive lights, we also have some lights from Big Blue. There's the AL250 and then the AL1200 uh, WP2 lights that we carry. So there's a lot of different options out there for dive lights. Uh, my particular preference is the Solo line from Light and Motion, but one thing you remember is that you're going to need at least two dive lights for your night dive. Uh, one is your primary and the other is your backup, and believe me, from experience, I've seen where you actually have to switch to the backup. So for those of you who love to do night dives out there, get yourself a great dive light and... Uh, have fun. Some time ago, I talked about the Ocean Foundation and what they are all about. Now, they describe themselves as a unique community with the mission to support, strengthen, and promote those organizations dedicated to reversing the trends of destruction of the ocean environment around the world. And they do this by sponsoring projects. And they sponsor these projects across four core areas. One being ocean literacy, another being protecting species, and then there's conservation of habitats, and then the fourth is building capacity of the marine conservation community. So let's take a look at one of the projects. And this project that they're sponsoring is called the Redesigning Plastic Initiative.
And the way the project is taking this on is to say that the burden of using plastics responsibly should not solely rest on consumers and consumer behavior. That can only do so much. It's got to start with the manufacturers. They want to look at how to get to production-based solutions for this global problem. Their bold objective is to eliminate the use of plastics that are unnecessary and unrecyclable. Now, in reading through the project premises, they have four parts to it. First and foremost, they want to talk about food safety. And food safety is in paramount and that there are not additives to the polymer blends and that they're being safe and properly tested. And then the second one is that nothing should come on to the market that is not recyclable or can't be returned to its original form. The third premise of the project is that mechanical recycling is acceptable except where it generates byproducts. And the byproducts are things like microfibers. And I talked about microfibers microfibers in a previous episode. And then the fourth premise of the project is that waste to energy must be affordable, safe, and take care of the backlog. The hierarchy of the project includes outright bans, limitations in phasing out of products, and recognizing that there are essential needs out there for plastics. I wanted to figure out exactly where they were with the project and wasn't able to really find a detail on any kind of status, but I did note that they are working with two organizations. One is the Plastic Pollution Coalition, and the other is the Break Free from Plastic Coalition. Now, if you go out there uh, to the Plastic Pollution Coalition website, you'll see a great video that's narrated by Jeff Bridges. Seems like he keeps coming up in the podcast. And it's about uh, four minutes long. Now, Plastic Pollution Coalition has been around since 2009, and they want to combat single-use plastics and eliminate it. Now, also, I went out to the Break Free from Plastic Coalition website, and they also have a short video. And I want to close this segment by letting you know something that they said in that video. They had a little part where they talked about the companies. And they said, Dow, Exxon, and Nestle view plastic pollution simply as a public relation problem, not something they are seriously trying to fix. We've got to fix it. time for another installment of Your Next Dive. And today, I want to take you to the Turks and Caicos, where we're going to dive with Dive Provo. 
and it's on the island of Providencialis. I have had the good fortune to visit it and dove with Dive Provo three times, and I have been extremely satisfied. The owners of Dive Provo, Alan and Claire Jardin, are fantastic hosts and run an outstanding customer service operation. Now, all the major airlines fly into Providenciales. You can get United, JetBlue, American, Delta, Southwest, so you have plenty of options to get there. And there are also many places to stay in the Grace Bay area, which is close to the Dive Provo shop. Personally, I like staying at the Ports of Call, and that's the hotel that's right next to the dive shop. It's convenient and affordable. Now, it's about 20 minutes or so from the airport, And one of the really nice things about staying um, in the ports of call is the Graceway Gourmet Grocery Store that's right across the street. And we'll come back to all the amenities in a little bit. But first, let's talk about the diving. The boats. Dive Provo has three boats. There's the Provo Conquest, the Provo Crusader, and those are 36-foot Newtons, not quite as big as the 46 that I like, but they're still Newton dive boats. And then there's the Provo Challenger, which is another 36-foot um, boat, but that's uh, touted as a Jardin and Sewell uh, dive boat. Now, each boat, uh, the, the Conquest and Crusader, takes 16 passengers, and the Challenger takes 14. And they operate out of two different spots. They operate out of the Turtle Cove Marina, and they also operate off of Caicos uh, Marine and, uh, Marina and Boatyard. The marina on the south side takes you out to West Caicos or French Key or Northwest Point. And then if you're uh, uh, in the Grace Bay area or Northwest Point area is where uh, they go out of Turtle Cove. Now, the morning dives, they have a pickup. It picks you up at about 8 o'clock, and uh, you're back from the morning dives between 1 and 3. I think we were normally back by around 2 o'clock, and that's plenty of time to uh, relax before you head out for dinner. So most of the the diving there is wall diving. Uh, The top of the wall is at about 45 feet. That's a little bit deeper, and that's really where you gain the advantage of nitrox. Now, they have healthy fish life. You'll see both nurse sharks and reef sharks. Uh, There's swim-throughs. The water's clear and warm. Uh, You'll find the grouper, the angelfish, turtles, stingrays, now, I look back, and uh, the water temperatures in October of 2018 when I was there were between 83 and 84 degrees Fahrenheit. And when I look back to the logbook in uh, September of 2010, the temperatures were uh, 86 degrees Fahrenheit. We also saw a little bit of the lionfish down there uh, while we were uh, on the dives. Now, let's get back to the amenities. Like I said, I like the Ports of Call Hotel. It's pretty nice. It has neat, clean rooms with a small refrigerator. And so you can get your stuff from the grocery store right across the street. There's lunch items, sandwiches, snacks, um, and you can uh, have a little bit of provisions in your room. And then uh, there's plenty of places to walk to uh, for some restaurants. Uh, There's some pizza restaurants there. Uh, There's the Coco Van, which is right next to the higher-end Coco Bistro. And then there's Danny Boy's, which is a sports bar. It's pretty nice. And you can also go to an Italian restaurant called Bella Luna. 
Now, if you want to get in a taxi, one of my favorite spots is to go to uh, Turtle Cove Marina, and you can uh, have dinner at the Mango Cafe. And really one of my all-time favorite spots there, uh, which is out by Coral Gardens, is a place called Somewhere Cafe. If you like Mexican uh, food, you can just walk uh, right in the same complex as the Dive Provo shop to the Skull Rock Cantina. And that used to be uh, Jimmy's Dive Bar. So all in all, uh, Turks and Caicos, Dive Provo, a great opportunity to go diving. I really enjoy it, and you won't be disappointed if you head down there and dive with uh, Alan and Claire. Wouldn't it be nice to be in Turks and Caicos right now and have the coronavirus pandemic behind us? I know Dive Provo is shut down right now, and hopefully they'll be open just as soon as we put this behind us. We know things will pass. Things will return to normal. Let's hope it's a new normal, where we open our eyes to how frail our life is and how much we need to protect it by also protecting the earth. Thanks again for listening, and please stay safe and healthy. Scuba Shack Radio is a bi-weekly podcast in support of our mission to empower individuals with knowledge, ability, and experience to venture underwater in pursuit of their aspirations and to advocate for ocean health and sustainability. Talk to you next time. <laughs>